Mm, perfect. Feels like I'm eating it. <laughs> well, there it is, right in your face. Dun, I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> uh, how could you be hungry? You just had breakfast at 4.30 this morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually really good, though. Boy, does Shelly's taste good at 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Shelly's is pretty good anytime, but at 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Montana's it's like most you just opinionated entered podcast. into our conversation. Uh, is that how it always works? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like they're joining us midway through our conversation. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you're intruding, people. We invited you in. You were just late. <laughs> we should be clear that it's Sunday afternoon. Kevin and I are referring to the late night breakfast we went to after the gay dance. Yes, and after the former so felon's ball. We sound a little husky this morning, and we're hungover and cranky. <laughs> exactly. And it's not even morning; it's five p.m. But it feels like As I like said, morning. I had gay dance brain. <laughs> it's five p.m. We agreed that we would meet at least twenty-four hours after being at breakfast. No, twelve hours. <sighs> Something. So. We, did, we both thought we were going to try to do this yesterday, and you had a flood in your house. Oh my gosh! What yeah. happened? I was on my way out the door and I have a garage and Mm -hmm. I parked in the garage and I walked outside and there was water on the floor. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Especially because it's not like there's snow melt off the car or something. It's not currently snowing. And I opened our crawl space, which is also in the garage and all of the sort of plywood and wall was sort of wet and there was water in the crawl space underneath. So then I had to go around in the house and, Look, and there was water behind our washer. Your brand new washer. My brand new washer that we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. And so it's still not clear where the leak is from. Either my new, brand new, you know, $1,800 washer has a leak, and it's been slowly leaking since December, and basically um, moisturizing the um, <laughs> linoleum, the oh, wood no. underneath the linen closet, or whatever you would call that where your washer dryer is and down into the crawl space, including some insulation and wood and electrical outlets. So that's awesome. Fun. So it's either the washer doing a slow leak or where your sort of washer drains into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, the pipe might be plugged or leaking or, or something. Frozen. Yeah. So, um, it was a little bit hectic. Sorry, I had to cancel, but it was one of those, oh my God, there's water everywhere and I'm not sure what to do about it. Totally and... understand. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to go, no, Kelson, <laughs> damn Get it. Your ass over here. We are doing a podcast. I don't care if you're flooding <laughs> You could have brought the, you know, microphone right there. <laughs> Katrina. Actually, I did think about that, but then I was like, no, could you imagine what that podcast would be like? Hold yeah, exactly. on. I'll be right back. I've got to talk to my landlord. <laughs> no, it's flooding. So she came over and then today we heard from her again and we're, um, the plumber's coming tomorrow to check it out. Oh, good. But I'm going to be so mad if it's the washer. And Mr. Zach Slattery is going to be quite upset as well. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Zach Slattery. Um, um, if it is the washer, though, well, and there's... It's two, all covered under warranty. Right, so and there's two parts. It. There's two parts. Well, it's under warranty, and your insurance should cover part of it anyway for any damage right. to the house. But uh, it also could be the installation, like they didn't tighten it down right or they clogged up a pipe or something. And then that's on whoever you <laughs> bought it from because they installed it, right? Right. Fun. 
So sounds like a delightful it's interesting, time. Though. Now, how are you going to survive this? Are you just you know going to skip to? Oh, that's right. You're well, going luckily, to Miami. Yes. You're welcome, Zach. You get to deal with the plumber tomorrow and cutting into the wall and having no washer for a week. I'm going to Miami in the morning. So <laughs> I said, How are you packing though? <laughs> how are you getting your clothes done? Well, luckily it was yesterday that I was doing laundry that I discovered this water. So I actually got my two loads of laundry done as it was flooding the basement. Oh, Whatever. So nice. Lisa well done. Clothes for Miami. I clean clothes for in the house. No big deal. <laughs> and when I was talking to Zach today, I was like, "Yeah, sorry, you'll have to deal with that while I'm away. Par for the course. Basically, every time something <laughs> happens, I leave town. So, oh, anyways, we'll see what happens. But it's interesting because immediately after this was happening, and I was waiting for the landlord to come, I went and actually tried to find my renter's insurance policy mm. and was trying to read it and. You know, anytime you're trying to read the fine print of any sort of policy coverage, it does make no sense whatsoever. I mean, it's right. just it's written in legalese, which so it looks like confusing. English, but it's more like Latin. And I mean, I even have a pretty high reading level, but it was it's like exclusion that exclusion this, you know. So we'll see. I mean, in the event that I have to pay for any damage. All I got to say is that renter's insurance better cover it because this is the kind of thing that That's I what thought renter's insurance, insurance was for. Yeah, it's so. not technically a flood. It's no. a it's a appliance problem. Right. You know, and it caused water damage, but big deal. Exactly. So that's yesterday. That sounds like and fun. And then I quickly had to sort of deal with that, get ready, go to the roller derby bout. The first um, home bout of the season was last night. The and how was that? Hell's Bells took on the Missoula dun, Brawling Mollies. And the backstory is two years ago, um, the Hell's Bells, I think it was their first bout ever. They played Missoula. Oh, no. Oh, the first bout that they had in town was when they brought in Great Falls and Missoula. Right. So this was a Missoula home game. They were in Missoula. It was like two years ago. Mm. And they got just slaughtered. So just beat bad. And Mm. so the fact that they were playing them again last night was a big deal because it was the first time it was a rematch. And in fact, the Hell's Bells beat them by about 30 points. Wow. It was a great match. Now, those of you who don't know how roller derby works, we're not going to explain it to you on this show <laughs> no. because it really does require Google visual it. aids, and this is audio only. Yes. Um, however, go to the bouts because I'm not, and I'm, you know, for as much as I work in sports, I'm really not the biggest sports fan in the world. I just don't care. Yeah. But I went to the first bout that they ever did, which is when they brought in the two teams, mm-hmm. and they explain the entirety of who the players are, how they work, what they're doing, what their goals are, how they score points, why they're going the way they are, all of it. They explain it all. So unlike football, which just <laughs> expects you to know it, or basketball, which expects you to guess it. Yeah. You know, oh, they got a foul? What was it for? He was breathing through his nose. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they uh, actually roller derby start, explains it right at the beginning. They start every bout with a sort of tutorial. Oftentimes in the program, they also have like, you know, definitions and things. And what was interesting about last night's bout is so I've been dating a, you know, derby girl for about nine months now. And I've certainly. Jennifer (laughs) Damien Bagley. Damien Bagley, is that right? Damien Bagley. A little more than friend of the show. A little more than friend of the show. Um, so we've been dating for long enough that I've been to several derby bouts and have started to understand sort of what's going on. And recently they had to test for new rules. So the sort of national association of derby changed some rules and I was helping Jen with the test. And so I actually learned all the rules to the point of being able to take a test. Right. So last night at the derby, a pair of skates, some (laughs) fishnets and a stick. (laughs) Oh, you have no idea how good I'd be at derby or how much I would enjoy it. 
but we've sort of agreed that that's her thing and uh, I'm not, you know, trying to take over that space. So, but I was absolutely the obnoxious, like partner in the audience. So there's this other guy whose wife is on the team and you can always hear him yelling and he's always yelling at the ref and sort of like bad call, you know, and, right. and that sort of thing. And you went into lawyer mode. And I was you? last night, I was like, <laughs> that's a, that's a foul or that's, you know, that's a penalty. And I was like yelling and knew what I was yelling about. Right. Oh, You're not great. just like yelling for no reason, but <laughs> I was like, Oh, I'm that girl now, you know? Yes. But it was a great bout. And so I did that and then had to go change. And then we went to the gay dance. How yeah, actually, I ran into your mom because she got over to the dance first. Right. And I was like, where's Carlson? Because I thought you guys would be coming together because I yes. knew she was going to the bout. She's like, well, they had to run a couple of, th- do something. Right. And I'm like, like they had to change into something nice? Where would you were wearing to the bout? <laughs> and what bothered me is that, and I didn't realize this, they had scheduled an after party at Miller's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why didn't they just join us? Well, They're all on our did. side. Yes. They are all on our side. And many of them did. Um, it's sort of still a formal thing to have uh, after party after bouts, though. So, Well, yeah, but we could have had an after party. We just would have had it on the other side of the bar. Yeah. Uh, we've been fine. Yeah. So, so I um I did actually go change because at the Derby bout, it's usually cold in there because it's in the big um, fairgrounds building. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wasn't going to be cold at the dance. So I no. did go and change. Shirts, no. It was not cold at the dance. It was not. It was fun, it was though. plenty hot. And I would like to point out, okay, so this is the second gay dance thing that I've been to in Helena that was sort of, you know, put on by other people. I'm going to uh-huh. go whatever. And the last one was the one that was up at the Rascular. A little or over you mean a year on the ago. Sixth floor. Yeah, Rascular yeah. is the basement. Right. But, Sorry, yeah, it was Montana on the sixth Club. floor, and it was the it was the weekend that Whitney Houston died, and the DJ had no Whitney Houston songs. Yeah. And Valentine's said, Day. And said, um, "I don't normally do parties for you people." <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Right. That had me also. I'm like, where did we dig this asshole? Yeah, that up? guy was a total. Um, so so it was interesting because I don't know that we made any money off of that dance. I think that dance was just put on and hopefully we broke even and didn't lose anything, but I don't know. Yeah. Because I wasn't involved in it. But I know we made money on this one. We made, uh, for the Pride organization, we made just over $1,600 at the door. That's we made awesome. another like $300 with the raffle. And the bar made like three grand. Wow. Which is why they will never, ever charge us. <laughs> <laughs> and they will spread the word that gay people are awesome. And gay people are awesome. Money. And tip well. And, and tip they like well. to do shots. And tip well. <laughs> Holy crap, we tip, tip well. well. way better than straight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even the lesbians. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Because we like our shots and we like them quickly. We do not have much patience. We do not have any patience whatsoever. (laughs) But what was funny is that, okay, so my friend Mandy is the manager of the bar. And Mandy, Mm -hmm. thank you again for doing the, for putting on the ball. And so it was free. Yeah. So she didn't charge us for the space at all. She's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you guys come in and decorate it, bring some of your own food so that people aren't crazy. And we're not going to charge you for it. Make sure everybody's over 21. We'll put some people at the door. Great. Awesome. All right. So that was basically it that they did. They're just like, we're going to stock the bar because, you know, she knows me and she thinks everybody else is like me. Like we've all (laughs) got Irish. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were. And, um, you know, we started drinking. Well, I don't know about anybody else. I started drinking at noon yesterday because oh, I wanted to warm up. <laughs> you can't just run a marathon by like standing at the and then 26 miles. Oh, no, okay. You have to walk a little bit, maybe have a shot. See, I did not. I, I had had like one beer by the time I got there, but I made up for it pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, no, I had been drinking since noon. And by the time 1 a.m. rolled around, I had not been drinking for an hour and a half at that point. Because <laughs> I turned to Manny at one point. She's like, do you want another drink? I, I can't find my eye. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the answer is no. The answer is no. But they did make lots of money. That's great. Yeah, they did. They had a great time. And here's the other thing that happened because we packed that place. We had over 200 people in there, mm-hmm. which that's pretty much capacity for the place. There was one table up at the front, and I don't know if you know this. There's I the did. one table that was taking the pictures and having a really good time. Mm-hmm. That was the Montana Council for the Eagles. Hmm. So that's like the organization above the local councils. They can really mess things up if they don't like what's going on. They had a blast. You're talking about in the bar? Yeah, they were sitting in the bar. The ones that you kind of looked at like they don't necessarily belong, yeah, they don't with belong this group. here. We don't know that. Oh, but they were having a good time because I wasn't and they were sure. having they were having a great time and they wanted to know, you know, is the bar making money? Are you bringing stuff in? Da, 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 da. How's that going? And the other thing was, you know, everybody was blitzed. Mm-hmm. Everybody was dancing. Everybody was talking. Lots of people were touching. Um, nothing was inappropriate, but you know there but was a lot no of fights. hugging and kissing. There there's was no, no fights. fights. There was dance. no puking. Mm-hmm. No it was puking. delightful. Most people took cabs. The cab was there every fifteen minutes. Oh, there was like nine of them at one yeah. point. We only have ten cabs in See, town. See, that's the thing. We're responsibly gay dancers. Exactly. And, you know, the people that really don't like the gays have never been around them. Mm-hmm. Like, if we could have had Sarah Lasloffy over there, I mean, we probably would have had to put her in some sort of disguise so <laughs> yeah. that she didn't get beaten. But hopefully, it, you know, <clears throat> sort of, like you said, dispels some myths about About you people. people. You right. people. Exactly. If I hear that term one more time from a business <laughs> in this town, well, we're not really used to working with you people. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to have a moment. It's interesting how it's organizations like the Eagles, though, that end up being... So, like, the same thing happens happens in Missoula or other places where it's sort of the yeah and what you wouldn't expect right. is and the, and the eagles know, is the gay friendly well and they aren't necessarily gay friendly but they're neutral you know they don't care one way or the other because it's not the area that they're in they're interested you know their organization is interested in making things better for people no definition on that other mm-hmm. than people and you know they do a bunch of community events as long as you're respectful of them, they're respectful of you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the basis that we lack in the discussion that's been going on up at, oh, yes, my favorite place in the whole world, the legislature. <sighs> oh, those people. This last week was the longest week. I swear to God, it was four weeks long. Yes. It was like, I know we haven't done a show in two weeks because you Beautiful. got busy. I got busy. Things went wrong. And you're, mm. You broke your car. I broke my car up in Great Falls. <laughs> what happened? Okay, so I go to Great Falls because we're doing a basketball game, but I went up a day early, so I had to drive my own car. No big deal. This is Great Falls. It's 87 miles away. Hour and a half. <laughs> Tops. So I get up there, and um, I'm there for the day before to test a couple of things. Everything works. It's great. It's really nice that it works the way it's supposed to. I'm kind of impressed. You know, so I'm getting ready and doing stuff for the games and filming things, and everything is dandy and lovely. And... um we did the basketball games, a little mm-hmm. stressy, but we did them. They went out on altitude. There were a couple things that weren't ideal, but they went out. And then on Saturday, I had agreed to work with UGF to do, um, they held the Western, uh, they used to call it the Western Regionals. I don't know why they don't call it Regionals anymore, but they don't. But it's the Western Regional Wrestling uh, Matches. And whoever, you know, wins those goes on to the Nationals, <clears throat> which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wanted to webcast them, but they needed to webcast two mats at once, which they didn't have a setup to do. And I said I would help them. So I ended up staying an extra day. Well, um, between the afternoon matches and the final matches, you know, there's like a three-hour break. So I was going to go meet Tom and Corey because Tom was up for the weekend as well. I'm going to go meet them for a dinner. Um, started my car. You know, it was pulling out of the parking lot. I got a phone call, so I put my foot on the brake, answered the call, because I'm just sitting in the lot. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I don't remember who it was. I'm like, all right, great. I'm just going to dinner. Hang up the phone and take my foot off the brake onto the gas to accelerate. I accelerate just a little bit. My car lurches. Engine light comes on. Dead. Turn the key. 
it just spins. And I think, well, the solenoid's not engaging. That's why it's not starting. So there's something mm-hmm. wrong with the starter. I don't know. <laughs> and I get this error code, which I don't understand. But I'm in the parking lot of UGF, and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I called Tom and Corey. I'm like, you're going to have to come get me. We'll go to dinner. I don't care. We'll deal with this later. <coughs> Turns out... Um, you know, and I couldn't get a, couldn't get it started. The air code didn't help. And of course it's Saturday night on President's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So no help whatsoever <laughs> anywhere in town. Like, Unless you want to pay triple the price. Well, even then, I mean, I couldn't even get a tow truck because I wouldn't know where to tow it. There was mm-hmm. no place open. Right. So I was like, oh, forget it. So stayed with Corey and Tom that night and, you know, kind of hung out because I was planning on coming back. Ended up coming back the next day with Tom because we couldn't get anything done. So I had it towed over to the Firestone. And the Firestone's like, well, we'll look at it, but we won't look at it until Monday. I'm like, all right, well, call me. Well, they called me on Monday afternoon. They're like, well, your timing belt broke. And I'm like, okay, odd. Um, it's supposed to last until 150. They recommend that you replace it at 125. I was at 130. Okay, it broke. Mm-hmm. But normally when they break, the teeth break off of them. And so they fall out of alignment and that actually causes huge problems with your engine because it will throw the timing off. So a piston will hit a valve and bend a valve or crack the head or crack the block, you know, big, big problems with the thing. But no, what happened is, and this is the luck that I have, like I've, the, all the ways it could go wrong, it goes wrong in the, the way that it can only happen like one in 10 times. It, the timing belt snapped perfectly off. So the engine came to a stop in time. Everything was still moving in its correct timing. Mm-hmm. So stopped. Didn't, didn't bend a valve. So they, you know, they get it all out, and the PT is a little cramped in the engine compartment. Mm-hmm. So it was $1,600 to fix it all. It was, it was, only, it was about $1,100 for the actual timing belt replacement because of how they have to get to the engine, and they actually have to take most of the engine out to get to it. It's kind of a nightmare. Wow. But um, I had them do the other stuff that needed to be done at the 130, 150,000 anyway. I'm like, mm, how about you just do that now since you're in there? <laughs> and they were like, well, we're going to, we'll put the belt on and as long as it starts, we'll fix it. And if not, you got to figure out what you want to do with your car because it may not be worth it to fix. I'm like, okay. So they put it back on. They're like, huh. he calls me. He goes, you're not going to believe it. And I went, oh, God. And I'm like, what? And he goes, purrs like a kitten. I'm like, well, that's delightful. <laughs> Fix it. We'll pick it up tomorrow. So an unexpected $1,600 uh, on my car, which I really didn't have or want to spend, but mm-hmm. whatever. Those things happen. Yeah, yeah so that was that. fun. That was that was the most fun I've had. And you were carless for how long? Uh, a day and a half, two days. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So not a big deal. Um, but it was annoying because it was then, I, you know, I had to take a little extra time, go up to Great Falls and get it back and blah. <sighs> Mm-hmm. But I you know got it back. But luckily, it I mean, it all things like considering, kitten. yeah, and if Great it falls had, as opposed to anywhere else that you could be all the time. Yeah, at least driven. it didn't break on the freeway. Yes, you know, and at least Oregon. it didn't shred <laughs> and do something and actually take out the engine. I'd be mm-hmm. looking for a new car. You know, so you know, all things considered, it, it was one of those things where it's like, yes, shit happens, but you had the lucky shit. It mm-hmm. still looks like shit. You it still smells like pile. shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. That's what we had to deal with. So that's part of why we haven't done a show for a couple of weeks. Right. And then we had the basketball games because they had the basketball games up in UGF on Thursday or on Friday. And then down here we had the Carroll Westminster games just this last Thursday, which I had to prepare for. So in between my car being broken and everything else, I've got all the stuff to do for the basketball games. Mm-hmm. And we did them and they were fun. A lot of work. A lot of work. Like it, it Was that the <sighs> night you took a picture of your feet? Like sitting. Yes, yes. Because there were a couple of things that went wrong. Like all of a sudden our audio stopped working from the digital sources, but not the analog sources. It was hmm. very weird. And, um, but we think we know what it was and how to fix it fairly easily. Um, uh, but it's literally one of those, I was so tired. I'm sitting in the dance room at Carol and I'm, just, I'm like, 
I can't move my legs, so <laughs> I'm going to take a picture because they might have to be cut off after this. <laughs> yes, long week. Yes, so we had that. And then, like, Friday, I felt like it was a whole new week, like it was Monday all over again. It was the worst. I'm like, no, it can't be. <laughs> Friday was long. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, yeah, you canceled on Friday. Yes. Ugh. What happened in your week? Well, so this past week is basically the most intense week of the session. The reason being is that Transmittal is this coming week, mm -hmm. but everything that is going to be heard, all general bills that are going to be heard, have to be heard by committee by yesterday. They ended up scheduling a handful on Monday morning, but really anything that was going to be introduced, heard, and moved out of a committee had to happen by Friday. For a whole series of reason, reasons, literally all of our primary legislation, all the stuff that we as an organization have sort of been pushing, ended up all on the same day. Primarily because we had sponsors who were sort of slow to the, um, you know. Slow in the draw. <laughs> right. So like, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get it introduced. Well, yeah, we'll get back to you in a few days about that text, whatever. And so, How's April? How's April feel? Yeah, it just was one of those things where all this stuff converged on the fact that literally we had six bills up for hearings on Friday morning mm. um, at Nightmare. the same time. Nightmare. So Sarah was in House Judiciary. I was in Senate Judiciary. We had really important legislation being heard in 15-minute hearings. And really all week last week was crazy. So you start with Monday was a holiday, but we had the Reproductive Rights Rally. And, and House Bill 41. That was Tuesday. Oh, that was Tuesday. So then Tuesday we had... <laughs> I was there. Yeah. So on Monday, I was working for eight hours, even though it was a holiday. Always loved that. Tuesday, we had the um, discrimination hearing, which is always a big deal. And I was actually not feeling well that day. And we had some other stuff. Oh, and 107 was on the floor. Facey's bill. Right. Um, and then Wednesday was Wednesday. Thursday was Thursday. They were both really busy. Lots of hearings, lots of things going on. And then literally Friday morning was like total chaos. Um Judiciary went in at seven o'clock in the morning. They had executive action on all the big bills, whether it was death penalty or non-discrimination. All of that was, you know, dead in the water by 8 a.m. on Friday. And then they had, you know, six more bill hearings after that. Mm -hmm. So we actually all so of that. Am, am I allowed to call them bigots now? Sure. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So Jamie explain said why. So, yeah. So House Bill 481 Tuesday morning came up and um, it was moved to the first thing. And so 8 a.m. I come waltzing into the building and I look at Jamie and I'm like, who am I here to yell at? And he goes, no yelling. <laughs> I'm like, fine. <laughs> I'll try it your way. And it went, you know, and it really wasn't even going to give testimony. I was just like, if there's time and, you know, we need to fill it because I'm going to use all the time that they give us. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to take away from anybody else who feels they need yeah, to speak. Yeah, it was frustrating that they gave 15 minutes per side. Right, because giving and fifteen by the way, minutes did you know they to were Dallas done with Erickson? committee by ten. Oh, good, good for them. Good because you know what they've been working hard. I, I don't fault that committee for the amount of time that they put into things. No, but I'm saying like, I think Kearns, you know, appropriately has been limiting time this week. I do think that it's frustrating that we got fifteen minutes per side on that serious of an issue again. And they were done with their committee hearings by 10. They usually go till noon. See, I, I give you that, but I also know that there was nobody left to testify on our side. And why give the other side more than 15 minutes? Well, that um, might be true. Because there was, there was nobody else that wanted to talk in the room. And not because there weren't other people that agreed with us. 
it's just, we've all been over this. We've right. all been over this. Every single person on that committee has been through this before. Even the freshmen have seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, so they all know what's going on. Um, Get to the point. And, right, exactly. And we're all kind of playing this game where we're like, we're going to pretend that you're going to take us seriously and mm-hmm. you're going to pretend that you care. Right. And when we all know what the vote's going to be. Right. Date. And it was. And, you know, I went in there and I've, you know, I've talked to someone with my mom and she's like, you know, if I have to bail you out from this, <laughs> I will. I won't be happy about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, when you go in to give testimony, you're supposed to give testimony on the things that you know. Here's what I know. You're bigots. And um, I'm done. I'm done being nice. And I know that this is going to scare Jamie and frustrate Kim and and probably you and probably everybody else. But I'm speaking for me. I'm talking about what they do to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I'm, think what you said was that bad. Well, no, I was very nice. Mm-hmm. I looked at them and I said, I've been told I'm not allowed to yell. So I'm not going to. And I gave them the stink eye. <laughs> went from one side to the other. <laughs> I thought you did great. Um, thank you. I did hear, though. So then there was all the chatter about how a guy got up as an opponent and he said he was getting up and he wasn't planning on getting up. But because he was being harassed. No, he wasn't audience. being harassed. What it was is he thought that we were snickering mm-hmm. and taking pictures and being inappropriate. And I'm like, OK. And so he tells Tom this. And Tom, of course, is being very nice and calm. And which is funny because Tom, he was fired up about it, but he was very quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, then he tells me. He turns to me and he goes, well, I just think it was inappropriate for you to be snickering at them. And I'm like, I wasn't laughing. The only thing I did was cough and clear my throat because I needed to. (laughs) One. And yes, I took a picture of somebody who's talking against us and saying horrendous and heinous things. And I start to get loud. Kim Layton came over, or not Kim Layton, Kim Abbott came over and grabbed me and goes, don't engage. Time to stop. Let's go over here. (laughs) And I'm like... No, no, we're going to engage. This happened because, after the hearing. Yeah, right? this was after the hearing. This was in the hallway. But as was was this we with will an engage. Yeah, because his thing is he he was like, well, I don't understand why you think that it's appropriate for you to take pictures. And I'm like, I don't think I don't understand why you think it's important, sir, for you to be able to not suffer the consequences of your idiocy. If you're going to say these heinous things, we are absolutely going to document it and publish it and make sure that people know that that's what and you're doing. And did he realize that it was already being broadcast on TV? No, because he, he doesn't understand how the world works. He's yeah. an idiot. <laughs> he was the one who was actually called out of order. Yeah. Um, in, by the committee. I don't remember who it was. The gal, mm-hmm. one of the representatives. She's like, Margie um, McDonald. I object. Yeah. Yeah. And then Creighton's like, could you please keep it to the subject matter? Did you hear Halverson at the end of that day, like at the end of the committee hearings, Hmm. not when you guys were still in the room, but if you go back and watch the committee hearing, you know, they heard like two or three bills after that one. And then he, Halverson, you know, Halverson, he's from Sydney. Mm -hmm. He's the real conservative one. He basically, you know, spoke up on a point of personal privilege and said, you know, in relation to the hearing we had this morning, I would like to express my... Um, objection to Kearns' ruling to basically shut the guy down because he's like, if this bill was about bullying, then those audience members were bullying these opponents and da 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 da. The people out of power are not able to bully. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, bullying doesn't work that way. And if you're too stupid to know that, you have a persecution complex <laughs> and you need to get therapy. Mm-hmm. Well, he tried to make some point and it was pretty weak. Well, but so ultimately they did executive action on Friday. And of course they didn't even discuss it. Um, the Democrats said a few things 
They but did, none yeah. of them, not one of them stood up and said, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to vote your conscience. But right now, your conscience is lying to you and your bunch of bigots. And if you do not vote for this bill, you are saying loud and clear that you are a bigot. Nothing else is going to be said. That's it. That's Jen all that's Gersky happening. and Ellie got pretty close to saying that. Maybe Well, they need to so start actually saying that. Mm-hmm. Because there's a it's a fine line that you walk with, you know, because you can't actually call someone a bigot, but you can point out that they're being a bigot. Uh, it's the way the rules it's work. It's just like saying that something's racist, but not calling someone a racist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, they need to start doing it because mm-hmm. it needs to be it needs to be more painful and more obvious for them. Because I think what will be interesting is when they have to defend that position, they can't. Mm-hmm. There's not one thing that they can do. There's a new no, word that not came a single up, Republican said anything during the discussion because what's there to say? It's just like on 107, the version of it last year when they voted it down on House Judiciary while Diane Sands sat next to them. They basically voted down that bill and she spoke up afterwards and said you know don't talk to me in the halls anymore do not act like you see me as a human being when you just voted down this bill you know and that's the thing though that they just do it quietly and then they just go about their day and nope you guys don't don't get protections and f you and hey i'm gonna go eat my sandwich yeah hmm so it'll but be interesting because I, I think there needs to be a little bit more, you know, if they're going to make it so uncomfortable for us, I think we should return the favor. Yeah. I'm going to start going to all the gun spills from here on out. Mm-hmm. And I'll be talking about the fact that if you want to see everybody armed, just so you know, that includes me and I'm a big old angry homo. And probably the last thing you want to see is my fat ass walking through this building with a Glock attached to it. Just FYI, <laughs> you might want to think about that before you cast your fucking vote. <laughs> There you are. Happiness and joy. Here's some fucking glitter. <laughs> You'll probably be charged with threatening behavior of some sort. No, it's not threatening behavior. They're the ones who think that it's okay to wear a Glock in the building. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out it's not threatening behavior, but you're the people who are scared of me as I am now. You want to give me a gun? Are you high? <laughs> yes. You know, what sort of insanity do you live under where you think that that's a good idea? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just pointing it out. That's all there is to it. But, you know, if you want to pass the bill, you by all means you pass the bill. And I'll be down at Walmart, buy it a Glock, and then I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just going to be wearing it. I probably won't even buy any ammo for it. It might be concealed. You won't even know. Exactly. How do you know I don't have one right now? Oh. <laughs> no gun controls? And I could have bought one at a swap and you wouldn't have any idea? Doesn't that make you feel just so secure? <laughs> oh. Did you bring your gun? Hope so. Gays you know, with guns. I told you I wanted to exactly. start that pack a couple of years ago. I think that ago. we should just ha- have shirts. Gays with guns. Gays with guns. And Bring by it, the Kearns. way, whatever glasses that Gursky had last night, we could totally use. When I saw those mm. glasses, I was like, that's the gays with guns glasses. And Jamie wore them at uh, <laughs> the Silver Star, the yes. picture on Instagram. Yes. Oh, boy. They were delightful. Pretty, they were pretty delightful. So, yes, yeah, so the legislature did lots of stupid things last week, including... You know, vote down some really bad bills. But I have to say that on our legislation, the stuff that we were working really hard on, we actually got four bills out of committee. Well, that's good. And one passed the Senate floor yesterday. And it actually is sort of secretly a gay rights bill in the sense that right now... Don't tell anyone. Yeah. Well, it's one of those ones where you have to be careful because part of the reason we have traction on it this session is because the Partner Family Member Assault Statute, which is basically our statute that allows for prosecuting domestic violence, um, for 20 years has included this language that says persons of the opposite sex in the definition of partner. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're in a same-sex relationship and your partner assaults you and you try to have the same sort of remedies and access to safety that somebody who's in a straight relationship does, you don't don't have access to that justice currently. So we have been wanting to change the law for a long time. That crazy constitutionalist Tim Baldwin up in the flathead 
decided to challenge he was a defense attorney or he is a defense attorney and he was able to get someone off of charges when they assaulted their female partner a male partner because he was able to argue that the law was unconstitutional yep. because it unfairly discriminated against straights exactly i think it's an interesting one because it is going to go up it's being appealed yeah and and the bottom line is i agree i think the statute is unconstitutional so i don't disagree i just disagree that we should have a law in the books that we can't enforce that has a really important purpose which is try try to deter domestic violence. Right. So, um, once again, poor lawyering has yes. led us into a corner that we have to argue our way out of. But the good news is that um, we're able to make the argument both that this is important to same sex people, but also our same sex relationships, but also that we need to maintain the integrity of the statute. And so I've been working on that bill a lot, and I got a Republican sponsor, and I actually passed on the Senate floor yesterday, 44 to 5, which is a miracle. Like, I couldn't even get out of committee for the last 10 years, you know? So, right. like, it's one of those yeah. things that we Because will... when it's us, right. they don't give a shit, but yeah. God forbid it should be them. And you know what? That's part of politics, though. If ultimately I can get the law changed and have more people protected, including us, I'll do what it takes to get that done, including well, not make it about should. a gay issue. And you, you know? should. It's not a gay issue. It's it's simply an equality issue. Oh, yes. where have I heard that before? Yes. Yes. Well, it's true. Hmm. And, you know, it might be the one thing that... Um, positively affects gay people that comes out of this session and i'll be proud to have changed the law so that it protects more people but it's still going to be a miracle for us to get it out of the house i mean it passed senate 44 to 5 but the five republicans that voted against it are like mirrored in the house 10 times over right so the five republicans that are like super conservative would never vote for something that even smells like gay rights that or is, women's rights right. or any of that. When you when you take that over to the House context, that's the House Judiciary Committee, right? So as much as I got it out of the Senate, it's kind of like Senate Bill 107. Who cares? Like, we still have to go to the, you know, killing fields of House Judiciary, so. <laughs> the killing fields. <laughs> so that's not funny. But um, That is funny. <laughs> we, we should go into the, wearing a flak jacket. Yeah. Shields. So I felt victorious for like a moment yesterday when I saw that vote, but otherwise we'll, we'll see good. what happens. So who knows? You know, I still have hope that they could do the right thing, but then I look at how some of them are voting and I'm just like, Oh my God, you can't be this. You can't be this dumb. Well, and um, I'm sure that uh, the sponsor for 481, the discrimination one will try to blast it to the house floor this week. So what happens this coming week is that basically for a little bit on Monday, they're having committee hearings. And then all day Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, they're having all the bills that have been stuck in committee or, you know, who are moving forward heard on the House or Senate floor. And everything will be acted on by probably Wednesday evening, maybe Thursday morning, but most likely Wednesday evening. So between now and then, all of the senators or representatives who have bills who didn't make it out of committee will try their floor motions, which is to blast it onto the floor and to blast Again, requires all these, 60 votes right all these uh, words that are so legislative specific but so i'm sure that um Edie will try to blast that bill and it'll fail the good yeah it'll fail but what i like about it is anytime you blast a really important piece of legislation like that like they'll blast death penalty they'll blast um non-discrimination it at least gets you to have the opportunity to have all 100 members of the house have to vote on it mm -hmm. so when you just have a committee you only have a 12 to 8 vote but when you blast it on the floor you have the you know 55 republicans or whatever that'll vote against it and then you can 
show to the constituents, like, this is how they voted, you know? And these are why they shouldn't be elected again. Exactly. So all of that will be happening this week. And then we're on what's called transmittal break from basically Thursday until Monday. Yay. So ironically, I'm actually going to Miami from Monday to Thursday. And, and I'll be getting back, back in town when everybody's leaving. But well, you'll only be back for a day. And I then know. we go to Missoula. Because I know. we get to go to see Lisa Lepinelli. Because you know what? There's nothing that's going to make me happier than to hear somebody who makes my swearing seem very calm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm um, really excited. I mean, as much as I'll miss some fireworks this week, I can't wait to be in 80 degree weather and see water. That isn't frozen. <laughs> you know me. I mean, I'm used to traveling a lot, and I haven't left the state since I went to Seattle way back in November. So, I know. So strange. this conference that you're going to, I mean, I'm assuming you're busy all day anyway. Yes. Well, tomorrow, of course, is the horrendous flight day. I swear to God, having to fly from Helena, Montana to anywhere, it oh, basically ridiculous. like you just have to, you have to give you're yourself a day Denver, and a half of travel. Then you're going to go to Mi- yeah. Minneapolis and then for no reason you're going back to Salt Lake and well, then you're going to LA. Actually, to you know, I, to the extent I can insist on only one stopover because like to get to the East Coast in order to get an affordable ticket, you often have to make two stops. Mm-hmm. Um, but because somebody else was paying for the ticket, I was like, heck no, pay $700 for the ticket. So I only have to stop in Minneapolis. But well, that's not bad. I so you're here... doing Minneapolis to Miami? Yeah. And Miami's, still, that's Miami's a, a fantastic, flight. yeah, but it's a fantastic airport because you yeah, land there it's and huge. it's huge and, but it's, it's well connected and well laid out. It's one of the better airports yeah. to fly into. So I leave here though at 540 in the morning, which. And you get to Miami at like 9 p.m. No, I get to Miami actually by 2 30? Yeah, but that's like 9 p.m. for us. <laughs> Opposite. It's actually only noon 30 oh. here. Oh, that's not bad. But, that's not bad at all. No, but it's not bad, but that's not the point. The point is that you're so Take tired. You've already had an entire day by then because you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning that by the time you get to this beautiful destination spot, I like need a nap, and then it's like and 6. And there's a beach. Right, exactly. So that's the thing is I get to just... <laughs> Wait a minute, you're bitching because you get to take a nap No, 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 no. I'm not bitching about... I am going to walk hey, across this hey. room and whack you with the bike. <laughs> I'm not bitching about this assault. particular instance. I'm saying, so for instance, one time I flew on this sort of a flight and got to DC around the same time. And then I went directly into meetings until nine o'clock at night. Oof. That's what I'm talking about. It's Oof. like this traveling across the country in the morning and getting there when you've had like three hours of sleep. Yes. Tomorrow I get a land in Miami, check into my hotel and then lay on the beach for six hours until it gets dark or four hours until it gets yeah, dark. Yeah, it gets dark pretty early. <laughs> so, Just a but I'm I'm tied up in meetings all day Tuesday Wednesday and done early enough on Wednesday to sort of enjoy the area and then leave Thursday. That's nice. But I'm staying at this really fancy hotel. It's in this area called Coconut Grove, mm-hmm. which is you know nice. remodeled sort of area, and it'll be fun. I'm just actually really looking forward to getting away. So in addition to all the legislative stuff, we've had a lot of turmoil at my office because we're totally dependent upon federal funds. Right. Um, We're working on diversifying our funding. But, you know, in my time as ED, I've had up to 13 staff. And then last couple of years, it's been more like 10. And then we were down to eight. And then as of November, we were down to seven. And then we just found out that we did not get refunded on one of our major federal grants from the CDC, not through any fault of ours, but because it became competitive with 50 different states and they only funded 10. And so we lost about a third of our budget. And I had to lay off two staff in the last two weeks. And so we went from eight to seven to now five. And that's just such a huge difference in 
our capacity, our ability to like be flexible in what we're doing and do good work. Not to mention that like we were down to the eight staff who had been there for a long time, who were really committed, you know, down to six staff who were even more committed and more longevity. And now I had to just lay somebody off. So it's been a really hard couple of weeks for me just to try to figure out. I mean, for me, but for everybody else, I, I get weird because I sort of feel personally responsible for some of this stuff. Not that I can do anything about changing it, um, really, because I can't, you know, create money coming down from the federal <laughs> government. And in fact, we may see more cuts because of sequestration and stuff. But it's more like because it's ultimately my decision about how we deal with the cuts, mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of sort of personal weight and responsibility. It is, but that's, you know, that's part of why they pay you the yeah. slightly bigger bucks. <laughs> slightly. Yes. So that's basically what I've been dealing with. And um, again, you know, it's hard all around. It's hard on our staff. It's hard on the people who are obviously getting laid off. And it's hard on me because it's really tough decisions to make. But mm-hmm. so anyways, I think the sunshine is going to be really good for me. Well, that's good. Yes. Um, I'm jealous. Yes. <laughs> As I will is be, everybody. I will be here. Um, although I'm looking forward to this week because I don't have any basketball games. Excuse me. I've obviously reached the end of my day and need a nap. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who's listening to it wouldn't this. Wouldn't it be funny if we actually just like sort of fell into the microphones and they started and, hearing us snoring? Yeah, and there's like an hour of silence. <laughs> I'd be like, whoa, we woke. Kevin just snored loud enough that woke me up, and right. here anyway. we are back again. Uh, yeah, no, um, I'm excited because I don't have any games this week, but we do have a game coming up on March 7th. But this gives me another week. Um, I'm directing the first show of the Cow Tipping Comedy on March 6th. All right. Um, So our final rehearsal is this Wednesday. What day is that? Wednesday. Okay. Um, You guys need to create a Facebook event. We have already created a Facebook page. We haven't put the event. We're not going to put the event in until after this week because it's it's a recurring event and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Um, So we'll put that in and... um, We've got a couple other projects that are going on. One of them that's interesting is that how often do you think there's nothing going on in this town? To Most do? often. See, and that's a really ridiculous thing because if you really look, and that's the problem is it takes a lot to go look and find the stuff. There's a ton going on in this town. Even like a random Tuesday, there's always like five things going on. Well, and that's true. And there's absolutely both public and private and nonprofit and political and music. Non-political, and, right. Yeah. Well, and what happens is there's, there's this, not a there's great this place site for it anymore, though. That, well, there's this website called MissoulaEvents.com uh-huh. and that obviously covers Missoula. Um, well, we're modeling off of what they're doing and we're doing Around Helena because we've had that domain forever. So AroundHelena.com is launching this week and we've been putting in Who's the data. Lion Group. Nice. Um, so we're putting That's that really in smart. and it's, what's cool about it is that anybody can put in any event and we're doing, we're putting in the venues right now to make sure that the, you know, the major venues are in there and we're contacting them and showing them how to put in their events as they come up. Mm-hmm. So they always have it on there and it's always correct. Um, and that you should be able to go there at any time and find something that's going on in this town. So you, there's absolutely no excuse. You can, you shouldn't be bored in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that that we're putting together as well. And you'll obviously, in addition to sort of doing the arts and music and things like that, you'll also do it for like nonprofit events or oh yeah, everything. political events. So yeah, um, so obviously, obviously, cow like tipping that. is in there, but wine crush is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Students Assistance Foundation is doing something the same night as Wine Crush out at the uh, fairgrounds, so mm-hmm. that's going to be really dumb. 
But see, that's what happens. Like, talk about whether it's politics well, or nonprofits fundraising. But they knew. I'm yeah, kind of and pissed. sometimes you know. But if you had a calendar like you're describing, you could go onto there and be like, "Should I have my event on March 5th or not?" Right. You know. Yeah, and they. But they knew, and they instead of they were originally going to be on the 27th, and instead of moving to March or May 4th, they backed it up to April 20th. Mm. And that's now conflicting with Wine Crush, and it's the same people who support both those organizations. Yeah, so it's dumb. going to reduce it for both of them, which is really dumb. Mm-hmm. It's one of those mm, state funds you need to, or not state fund, Student Assistance Foundation (SAF). You need to get your act together and put it back on the fourth. Mm-hmm. So there's to it. Leave Wine Crush alone, because the Wine Crush date has literally been on the calendar for over a year. Mm-hmm. It was announced at the last Wine Crush when this year's was. So just FYI. But there really is always something going on and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to find dates that don't conflict. Yeah. And you're always going to have some conflict, but for major organizations like that, bad idea. Like I I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anything up against big brothers, big sisters in Mm -hmm. this town. I just, that's just dumb. It's rude. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put anything up against, uh, uh, Farman Liddell in this town. You know, when they do their harvest days. Well, and I think to a certain extent, organizations have sort of established, like, Friendship Center does Empty Bowl, you know, K. McKenna does this. So it's like all these different entities, and they do them sort of around the same time, and they certainly should be communicating with each other. But I think having a calendar like you're describing, especially if you can put events way out into the future, would be helpful. And you can promote them and, and do some other things on it, and you can subscribe to them and tie your calendar into it for different types of events. So it's quite cool. I mean, some of the stuff that it does is pretty advanced. So, like, say you want to know about all the music events that are going on in town, you can actually subscribe to the music calendar, and it will just populate your iCal or your calendar on your phone or nice. your Google Calendar. Um, and will so you'll be able to like search and have a calendar display of just sporting events or just yep. music. Events. It generally it does a listing. It doesn't display it as a calendar. The grid, mm-hmm. no, because that's impossible to read. Um, it displays it as a listing by day, yeah. which is nice. And then you can you can do a month and just see them all out, but you can sort by category. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's major categories, minor categories. So you have a fundraiser, but it's also wine tasting. You can look it up as a fundraiser or a wine tasting. So you don't have to know exactly what it was. So will you generate income from selling advertisers? Ads, selling ads on it mm-hmm. for the venues and um, for the events, right. quite frankly. You know, you want to, like Bill Cosby's coming to town. Did you know Bill Cosby's coming to town? I did. I did not. Yeah, I only heard about it because somebody wanted to go. Well, and I'd love to go. I love Bill Cosby. Like, I do, too. I grew up but with expensive. my mom's records. Yeah. Old Bill Cosby records. So we've got them somewhere. And I'd love to... Not only go to the event, but see if I can get him to sign these old records. Right. Because they are hysterical. They are the best recordings he was, ever. He was great back He's then. phenomenal. And, it, and when it was in New York, when was I in New York? It must have been three years ago, five, four years ago. I went and visited a friend of mine. Hmm. And I'm walking down the street. And if somebody goes, hey, do you want to be in the audience for the late, the late show with David Letterman? Oh, geez. And it was in the afternoon. And I was like, don't they film at like 10 in the morning? He's like, yeah, we're filming an extra show today. And I was like... I got nothing going on, sure. Just <laughs> walk over dog. there, right? So I walk over there, and you know I'm in the line, da, 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 and they're like, "We can't tell you who the guest is." I'm like, "Odd." <laughs> um, but it was in Bill's Co- it, it was Bill Cosby, and it was in his contract that they couldn't let people know because mm-hmm. then there's always some sort of riot or something, which I can totally understand because it's a free chance to see Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. People would riot for that. Get in there. And, you know, they do the show, and I don't know if you've ever been to a taping mm-hmm. of, a, of a late night show, but it's kind of cool because they actually do each segment, and then they, they 
they check the timing of it against their list to figure out how much they've got for the next segment. Da 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 da. And so they do all these bits and pieces, and the band plays live, and mm-hmm. it's very cool. But it always takes about twice as long to film it as it actually shows, mm-hmm. because they've got you know the band is playing and they're over there going, okay, this went about a minute and a half too long. We're gonna have to shorten this. We might have to have this person come the next day. Da 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 da. So Bill gets in his segment, you know, because he's introduced first. It's fucking Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. He gets out there and he has his chair and they have the light on him. He starts. He does thirty five minutes. He's supposed to do five. Five minutes. Tops. Because then he's going to talk to Dave. He does 35 minutes. Hysterical. Oh. Brilliant stuff. Just comedy. Telling not stories. talking to Dave. No. Oh. Him, the chair, performing. 35 oh minutes. Gosh. And he does that. And they, they kind of knew this was going to happen. They didn't expect him to go to 35 minutes. They figured he'd go 20. 35 minutes, he goes. And, and we're just rolling. It was hysterical. It was brilliant. And they had to cut it down because they had to cut it down to an eight-minute segment, which is mm-hmm. still a really long segment on the, on the late show. Mm-hmm. So they cut it down to eight minutes, go to commercial. So I got to see it because it was the next night that they were putting it on because they knew they had a hell of a lot of editing mm-hmm. to do. So, you know, he gets done with his set. He goes over and he talks with Dave. And they have a great conversation. It's hysterical. But he's the only guest on the show because they have no more time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he, they ended up cutting it to uh, like a five-minute segment, a seven-minute segment, and then the interview. And then one other piece, and then, of course, the top ten list, the intro, and that was the whole show. Wow. You know, but it was Bill Cosby, and Bill is just brilliant, and mm-hmm. he's so kind, and he's so cool. So are you going to his performance here? Well, I don't know, because I just found out about this week when I was checking all the stuff that's on the Civic Center to load it into the calendar. Yeah, well, I... And I think it's like 85 bucks. I know, that's the thing, is I really would love to see him, but it is expensive. I'm sure they still have tickets left, because it is pretty pricey for Helena, but... But it's one of those things where it's like, like, Bill Cosby is a huge draw, I think we need to start bringing, and this is the thing that bothers me about the Civic Center. It's driven me nuts the entire time. Like, I, you know, Lisa Lampanelli is going to the Wilma. Mm -hmm. The Wilma does not seat as many people as our Civic Center. Absolutely. They're just as uncomfortable as well. Yeah. (laughs) And the seats there are just as shitty, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. But our Civic Center could be bringing in far more people. It's not like they can't drive here. Right. But they don't. They don't have a promoter. They don't have somebody going out and getting these acts and doing comedy on a monthly basis. No, And they they really could. I'd love to get um, Maria Bamford and Jackie Cation and Aisha Tyler and... But the um, difference is the Civic Center is a community-owned, city-owned building, right? And it's like it staffed. is, but it's it's quasi government again. Okay, but the Wilma is an independent thing, and so that's the thing is you sort of it's the difference between government and enterprise. Right, I know, but it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like everything that happens. But well, but here's what bothers me about the Civic Center. Yes, the building is owned by the city, and which is good since I got the fire station in there. But the functions that happen at it are not city functions. It's not like City Hall ever meets there. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's not a business trying to make money necessarily to stay No, but open. Be, it, it could be a business that's bringing in some good things. And the thing, the reason that it, it's a problem right now is because you have things like the Symphony, which considers the Civic Center their home. Mm-hmm. And the Symphony is also, it, you know, it's a local organization. It's technically, it's not owned by the city because it's 51C3 and has its own board, blah, 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 blah. But it's the Helena Symphony mm-hmm. um, directed by a dick. But a <laughs> whole different discussion. Anybody who gets up to conduct in their pajamas needs to go away. Pajamas? Oh, yeah. He was... Ugh, I'll tell you that story in a minute. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's their home. That's where they perform almost everything except for the Symphony Under the Stars is performed inside the Civic Center. 
they paid the Civic Center an arm and a leg to use that facility. Night to Shine happens at the Civic Center. The high schools pay an arm and a leg to use that facility. It's owned by the city. They shouldn't have to pay for it. What we should do is bring in enough other events that are making enough revenue so that the local things like the kids at the high school that are in music programs that get cut all the time because our legislature is filled with idiots who never want to fund anything except for building cars and shooting people. I'm getting to bring it down, Kev. Bring it down. <laughs> Either that or she's doing some sort of dance move from the 60s. I don't know. Anyway, uh, those people, you know, they shouldn't have to pay. Those kids, they, they're trying to raise money to keep music in the school. Mm-hmm. And they're having to pay the Civic Center to use the facility. Yeah, I would be really interested to know That's if ridiculous. the city's making any money off the Civic Center between uh, all well, the events they hold there. They're not. They're, they're barely well. They're barely paying for it because it's got so much maintenance that has to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, the building's old. Let's be honest. But you know, we haven't done a major fundraiser to upgrade the seating in there at all. Mm-hmm. And could you imagine what we could do if we upgraded the seating in there? And it's acoustics. like okay, right now it seats what thirty five hundred, four thousand people. I don't know. But it's a ridiculous amount of people. But the reason their seats I stopped, are really really tiny. The reason I stopped going to events there is because the sound system was so bad I couldn't handle it. So I love live dance performances. <coughs> I went the to sound a system's better. Is it? Yes. Because oh. last time I was there, the sound system actually was really good. Oh, my gosh. I went to too many events there where they just, like, murdered a ballet performance because the sound system was so bad. <coughs> I, I wonder if that was actually, a, well, it's a, I don't know. Anyways. Last event so. I went to there that was just that was musical that wasn't the symphony was um, uh, the Montana Logging and Ballet Company. Mm-hmm. And it sounded great. So. Hmm. And that's for well, people. Well, this was also recorded versus Oh, see, well, they were probably using some crap old tape player that you actually had yeah. to use a mouse to get it to run. <laughs> and not like the clicky-clicky mouse, <laughs> but <laughs> like <laughs> the squeaky-squeaky-eats-cheese <laughs> mouse. So, yeah. So, it, it kind so of, that's it kind the of rant of the day. Me. Well, that's part of it. Civics. I have more. I okay. have more. Um, yeah. So, they could be doing more to bring in those events because if they brought in those events and they were actually making money off of them, which they could do if they did it on a regular basis, mm-hmm. sold subscriptions. Like, if they were to, if they were to say, hey, we're going to have comedy in here six times a year. So, every other month, these are the people that we're getting for the next year. If you buy now, you get a 10% discount. You better believe I would have given the cash. I would have walked mm-hmm. the cash over myself. Mm-hmm. I would have skipped over to the building and gone, there's comedy in Helena <laughs> the entire way and dragged people with me. Because that's the stuff that it, it's entertaining and right. everybody goes to it. But then they do these one-off things. Yeah, they brought in, what was it? It was Seinfeld they brought in last time that was somebody really huge. Mm-hmm. And I was like three years ago. They announced Seinfeld, but they did a huge job announcing it and they still didn't sell it out. Still didn't sell it out. They had 200 tickets left. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And well, I would have, have gone, have but I was out of town. actually promoting it. I know, but that's because they only announced it. They yeah. didn't promote it. I know. I mean, like the Bill Cosby thing, I, I don't understand why every morning on the radio they aren't going, hey, you know, this is what's coming up. I know. Up on How does no, I mean, seriously, it was only word of mouth that I even heard about it. There hasn't been any. Right. I haven't seen anything in the paper. I haven't mm-hmm. seen anything online. I saw it on their website. Holy crap, their website's horrible. Horrible, mm-hmm. as the French would say. Horrible. Right. So, yeah, no, um, the conductor of the symphony. Yes. So they did Carmina Burana, which is one of my favorite pieces in the whole world mm-hmm. by Carl Orr. Is it still the same guy? Yeah. Okay. And he comes out and he's wearing black silk pajamas. And it's supposed to not be black silk pajamas, but it's totally black silk pajamas. I don't know what he's thinking. And now, apparently, because he's dating like the gal who owns the frozen moose, he's gotten a little pudgy, so the buttons are straining on his black silk pajamas. <laughs> Why um, was he wearing that? 
I don't know. It's completely ridiculous. Like that's something. Like I realize that I'm a like the at, button down oh, yeah. sort it, of it flappy color. In the front and you know the shirt hangs to here. Did he have undies on? Well, it's soak pajamas. I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have seen like odd sweat stains. But they were black, so who knows? <laughs> it was literally it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you're doing Carmina Burana one, which is a really great piece. If Show some respect. Well, no, no, no. For that piece, no, absolutely. You come out in that piece, you could be wearing like a leather bandolier, carrying a battle axe, <laughs> and conducting, and that would be appropriate for that piece. Pajamas, not so much. No, <laughs> it's like no. tired. It was tired. And the other thing is like, there's there's. Three parts to that piece that just cracked me up. And they did a, I think it was a Bach piece before. I don't remember exactly. I wrote it on my blog. And if he had pajamas on when he was conducting, did his arms raise up and his belly showed or anything like that? Could have. The shirt was long enough that it didn't. Because, you know, he's only five foot nothing. (laughs) So it was just, it's awkward and disturbing and wrong. And I've talked to some of the people that are in the symphony who shall remain nameless to protect the innocent. Um, and they're like, we don't understand it either. Oh, no. <laughs> and he gets all pissed off when the symphony doesn't sound good. Are those paid people, the symphony? Are they volunteer? I, I think most of them are paid, and they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the symphony is actually, like, the musicianship of the symphony itself is very good. The conductor, not so much. Um, the stuff that he does is ridiculous. And the fact that he does these pieces that have very strong beginnings and endings and they're very sort of you know he makes a movement down bam that's it that's what it should be bam that movement makes a big noise that's you know that's the explosive Uh beginning exactly but he's so flaily and all over the place and his arms don't move in symphony together that it's called an ictus which is the beat that they're Mm -hmm. they're supposed to get they can't follow it so you get these pieces that are supposed to start off with and they start off with because they can't figure out where the hell his beat is it's horrible. It's the worst. Uh, it's Ugh. funny because I actually know what you're talking about. My um, roommate in college was a music major at U of M. Mm. So she used to have to practice doing that to mm-hmm. music and stuff. And <laughs> I learned some of that. But that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's odd. You have to be a dynamic person to be a good symphony conductor. Well, and you have to care about people. And he mm-hmm. doesn't. He's, he's just rude. Every time I've run into him, he's been rude. And I've been asked to sing in the symphony choir probably twice a year every year so I've been back mm-hmm. um, one year they did this full court press and I was like no I, I went in when I first went back I didn't know anything about him so it wasn't any big deal mm-hmm. and I was going to go audition and as I was walking in to meet him the scowl was walking out and he basically had her in t- tears and he's yelling at her going I don't know why you wasted my time hmm. I'm like what the fuck and I just left he's like aren't you here to audition it's not for you does this um, person who I actually don't know, does he know how you feel about him? Oh, I'm sure he does because I wrote a blog post <laughs> that went viral and got like 7,000 hits hmm. the week I wrote it. After, right after I went and saw Carmina Brana there. Because, you know, one of the pieces that I've performed myself, I know very well. I love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. They screwed it up. My hometown symphony that used to be one of the best in the West... Not just like the best of the little symphonies, but was on par with the Seattle Symphony, was on par with the Portland Symphony, mm-hmm. was on par with the San Francisco Symphonic. That's the level we were when I was a kid. They are so far below that now. And it's it's him. It's not the musicians. It's him. His conducting is poor. His musical choices are poor. The way he treats people is so rancidly bad. That this How is what we're left with. How come the symphony board hasn't done anything about it? If oh, think it's I don't know. Pervasive? I don't know. And I know several people on the board, and they look at me like I'm crazy when I bring it up. I'm like, look, he has no respect for what you're doing. 
every time he goes out, he is rude to the people in that in the uh, symphony. Mm-hmm. That every single one of them has complaints about him. Remove him, and they're like, "Well, you know, he's just temperamental." That's what all conductors are like. The fuck they are. The best conductors, the best conductors make me look psychotic because they are calm, they are collected, and even when something is wrong, all they do is pause, make a comment, ask for change, go through it, get it right, move on, and it becomes great. That's like how you do it. Leader. Exactly. Like a good coach. And this guy isn't at all. Hmm. At all. He's a miserable prick. <laughs> on that note. Exactly. I'm not opinionated I had no at all. idea that we could get this worked up about something that was non-legislative related or political. Oh, I know. Well, if we go into it's the legislative stuff. political in a whole stuff, other different oh. arts sort of world way. You know what, though? I'm, I'm really, after the dance last night and all the people that showed up that were not gay or lesbian or bi or trans or queer or intersex or any of There's that. There's a ton of straighties there. That were just supporters, just our friends. Um, I'm more... And more excited about what we can do going forward. Because, yes, it is, uh, it's hard to keep fighting the same battles against the same people. But, and <laughs> this is the horrible thing, but my mom's the one who keeps pointing it out to me. She's like, they're old. They'll die. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Nobody lives forever. It's and these, these ideas and this bigotry is really going to die with them. Because well, it's not shared by the generations out that come out. And after. one of the things that occurred or I was reminded by last night is, you know, we're talking about whether or not there's anything to do in Helena. And yes, there's clearly lots to do, but I think things like this really remind the gay community, how important it is to create venues for ourselves, whether, Oh yeah. Like, are we really willing to wait once a year for pride? Like, why can't we create more opportunities like this? Other communities do it. They have a lot more energy going in that direction. And I think, you know, in Helena, we're all just so busy doing so many different things, but I think having those sorts of events are really important. Well, and plus we and have the other events that we get to. I mean, hell, next week is Lisa Lampanelli for us on Friday, but Saturday is the Black and White Ball. Yeah. Are you going? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going either, but I've been asked and I've kind of said yes, so I probably am. Yeah, but I just mean like, I I, and I love that about Montana that we have these different sort of gay focused events across the state and people travel and they go to them and whatever. And I just think things like last night remind people why it's so important to create that sort of community space Mm -hmm. and to have it be open to everybody who wants to be in community, you know, but, um, I just think that a lot of people were able to get a taste of what it's like to be surrounded by other people where they don't have to feel sort of ashamed of who they are. And that's great. Right. Well, there is no shame in being us. I don't no. feel ashamed about anything that we And are. I loved the mm. rainbow streamers. They did such a good yeah, job. Tim and Mike did a great job putting that together. They did. Good job, Tim and Mike. They were like, hey, do you want to help with this? I'm like, no, it's paper. <laughs> It'll end badly. Yeah, they did a great job. I'm proud of them. And then, and it was funny because, okay, so yeah, started drinking at noon because, hi, you've met me. Um, Warm up. Exactly. And then my friend Brandon came over from Bozeman and... um what did we do in the afternoon? Oh, we went to dinner and, you know, kind of hung out. I was going to be recording with you, ended up hanging out with John. And uh, then when Tom and Corey were getting ready, we went over and met them and then, you know, had a quick drink there to kind of celebrate, you know, hey, new friend, because Brandon didn't know them. He's new. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we got to the bar, you know, so I'd had a drink at lunch and then I had a drink at dinner and uh drink at Tom's, and then we hit the bar. And I'm like, you know, it's not like there's not going to be booze at the bar. 
Oh, and I had had a drink earlier when I stopped by the bar to make sure everything was going okay. And I, <laughs> then I stopped by again later on and another, oh, it was ridiculous. So, you know, it was sort of an all day sort of Extended warm up fun. to it. Yeah. And then we get there and we get there at eight o'clock. We were there at eight oh five. There was none of this, you know, we're going to be typical gays. Oh, Late. it starts at eight. We'll be right. there at 11. No, we were there at eight, and and it was funny because I wasn't paying attention to my phone, and I had like four text messages. Are you going to be there early? Or are you going to be there on gay standard time? I'm like, <laughs> I'm already here, <laughs> assholes. Early. And and um, wow, the lesbians show up on time. Do they? Oh, oh my god! The, especially the older lesbians. Oh yeah, well, and Deb Lund is there. Do you know Deb? Probably. She works at Birds and Beasley's. Yes. I guess part of it is because, I mean, especially for older lesbian women, there are very few venues where they feel like they can be them. Them. And right. so when they have these dances to go to, boy, do they get excited. Right. And, and they were having a blast. time and had a great time. And did you see how late they stayed, too? I uh, know. Like some of them Everybody home, said we all had was, to be kicked out. Yes. And but there was that's what I loved is I loved the intergenerational <laughs> aspect of last night. But I and I loved all the like straight people that were there. I love the diversity, but I especially love the fact that people of all ages were there. Mm-hmm. You know, couples who you could tell had been together thirty years and couples who were at six months, you know. But and couples that were at six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I mean they were outlasting us, you know, people who were twenty years older than me were outlasting me on the dance floor and I love to see that. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was a great time was had by all. And anybody who didn't get to come, we will have another That's one too soon. Bad. Former felons. Yeah, but we're gonna have another one soon. We're gonna have something fun soon. Yeah. The other thing was the photo pops. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Have you looked at the pictures? They're I haven't looked at all of them They're yet. They're on Facebook. No, They're I will. awesome. I haven't even had time to do that. I'm still recovering from last night. And so. packing for Miami. Psh, yeah, we don't even exactly. want to hear it. Speaking of packing, I should probably go do that. Oh, all right. So you're going to be back. I'm going to bring the mics with so that we can do... We'll try to convince Lisa Lampanelli to do a show with us. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> hey, Lisa, come on the show and talk about that? politics. <laughs> tell her to talk about politics. Why not? Yeah, I don't know our schedule for next week, but I'll let you know. All right. So, yeah, everybody, while the session is going on, actually, Politictic Boom has actually been um, on an inadvertent hiatus because everybody who wants to do the show has been so busy with other random shit because, you know, legislative session, they haven't been able to. Absolutely. Um, Which is totally understandable. And I just want to, once again, extend this out to everybody. If you have something that you want to discuss and you're not getting enough time in the session and you want to elucidate the people, come on the show. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, have a great week and I'll see you a little bit more tanned and... Ready to go listen to some comedy on Friday. Yes, I said it. I'll be more tanned than you by Friday. <laughs> this shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because I'm about as white as the snowdraft. <laughs> <laughs> you go get a tan. Have a good one. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.